Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture. And this week, we've got lots to watch out for. Central banks in action, including the FOMC, the ECB, the BOJ, and lots of China data to keep an eye on, including industrial production figures. And of course, tonight, the CPI numbers will give an indication of what the Fed might need to do to keep inflation addressed. So let's check in with Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Good morning, Vasu. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you. It's glad to hear. Well, let's talk about what's coming up in the next few days. And I think right in front of the list of things to keep an eye out for is the FOMC rate decision. And there's been a lot of commentary and it seems like now investors are settling on the idea of what's being described as a hawkish skip. What's your take on what we should be expecting and why the FOMC will be likely to pause? Well, you know, Ryan, the debate rages on. The markets are waiting in bated breath, as you said. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if the markets are right. I mean, you could see the Fed skip in June, but then it will keep its options open and say that it will be data dependent. Mm. If inflation continues to pick up, then the Fed could, you know, resume increases down the road, perhaps even as early as July. Why should the Fed pause, you know, this Wednesday or rather tomorrow? I mean, the 14th of June when the Fed meets. I guess, you know, the Fed has increased interest rates by five percentage points already. That's quite a lot. There's some signs the economy is slowing down. And I think the Fed has a history of miscalculating. The Fed is concerned that it may miscalculate because rates have gone up by five percentage points in a very short period of 15 months. That's one of the sharpest rate increases in, uh, you know, probably the last 40, 45 years of U.S. history. So there's a chance the Fed will miscalculate. And so the Fed will say, look, let's wait, watch and see what happens to the economy first before we jump the gun and continue raising rates. So they might skip in June, but they might keep the options open. Yeah, talking about data dependent. Let's talk about the data we are seeing. So labor data has been quite strong, but we still hear a lot of talk about a potential recession. People still seem to be hiring. So there's a bit of a disconnect when it comes to the data. So how do you square what you're seeing from the data points? Well, you're right, Ryan. A very interesting uh, topic you just highlighted, the strong job market in the US, the slowing economy is a very popular topic and it's even puzzled policymakers. And, you know, and several explanations have been put forth for this. We could go on for an entire show for this, <laughs> but you know, let's just try and keep it short. And I think one reason could be because of the changes taking place in the US economy, especially in the industry, the big changes taking place in industries like healthcare, electric vehicles, which have seen very sharp employment growth. In healthcare, for example, which is the largest US employer, for example, the, you've got the aging population, chronic disease, new protocols, you know, because of uh, COVID-19, among other factors. And this has resulted in actually jobs growing at twice the rate of the national economy. And, you know, the healthcare sector is a major employment generator in the economy. Now, elsewhere, you've got transformational changes taking place in the economy, industries because of, you know, application of technology, innovation. And so I think it's resulting in new jobs, new skills, which are taking place regardless of the economy. Whether the economy goes up or down, these changes are taking place. And don't forget, job seekers are a lot more mobile today. They're empowered, they're mobile. A lot more empowered than before the pandemic. And thanks to the pandemic, you know, you've got the advent of AI, technology. And today, you don't go out there looking for jobs. The jobs come looking for you because of AI. Mm. And it's a lot more easy to apply for a job. During my time, I had to type out letters, send it to employers. Today, it's different. I mean, you can just apply online. It's really seamless, easy. And you can work remotely. And employers are now looking out for skills, capability, instead of just purely experience. 
Yeah. You know, and, and mindsets have changed. People are prepared to, especially young people, they're prepared to retrain themselves, reinvent themselves, acquire new skills, switch industries for better paying jobs. And, you know, I think all this has been helped because of the availability of online education, career development, and companies themselves, you know, are prepared to hire people from other industries, retrain them for better pay. And all this because we've got a shortage of labor that has taken place post-pandemic. A lot of people have left the industry to move to the gig industry or maybe early retirement. So, as I said, we can go on and on, but yeah. there are a, lot of, a lot of these factors I've described are irregardless of what's happening to the economy. There's structural underlying changes taking place which are driving employment growth in the US. Yeah, as well. Vasu, as you mentioned, times have changed and you pointed out remote working among some of the things that have changed. Uh, this brings to question the level of productivity that we are seeing because there's this argument that, hey, maybe people are just getting less productive, which means people or businesses need to hire more. What do you make of the argument that you know, productivity is dropping, which is one of the big drivers of why these wage or labour market numbers keep going up? I think that makes a bit of sense because if you look at the data coming out of America between 2019 and 2022, the average American has worked 33 fewer hours each year. That's what the data says. And it would seem to me that, you know, the pandemic has led people to reassess their life priorities, you know, recalibrate their work-life balance. And, you know, that's resulted in fewer hours. And as you said, you know, because workers are now starting to smell the roses, you know, and starting to live life and realize that there's more to life than just purely work. Employers themselves also find that it's harder to find workers who will work uh, long hours, overtime, and so on and so forth. And therefore, they have to supplement with contract workers and maybe even more workers so that, you know, they can get the job done. Mm. And looking at what else is happening in the markets, we've been seeing a bit of a tech rally these days, helping the S&P 500 to, well, break out of its bear market into a bull market right now. Uh, how do you see things play out for the rest of the year? Are you going to see this spill over to broader markets and the momentum to continue? Well, you know, for that to happen, for the tech rally to spill over into the broader market, I think you must have greater clarity about inflation, interest rates, where the economy is headed, where we, whether we're going to see a recession, a deep recession, and so on and so forth. And I think the problem is at this juncture, there's still that lack of clarity on all these fronts that I just mentioned. So, you know, I think the only thing that one can really be sure about, Ryan, given, you know, the slew of uncertainties is that the markets are going to be volatile. The non-tech segment of the stock market is going to be volatile. And, you know, so I think it makes sense for investors to still tread with some degree of caution when it comes to investing in the old economy stocks. And perhaps a dollar cost averaging strategy will be a better strategy than uh, jumping headlong into the market. All right. Great overview of what's to come and how to position yourself in the market. We've been chatting with Vasu Menon. He's the Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Vasu, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.